Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 535. If you're looking for collector cars, make sure you do your research. Make sure you trust who you're dealing with and know what know what you're getting into. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jeff Trask. Jeff, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Great to have you here. Jeff Trask is the president of the Porsche 356 Club of Southern California. He's also a salesman at European Collectibles in Newport Beach, California. At European Collectibles, they sell the finest in collector quality European sports cars with a focus on the Porsche mark, one of my favorites. They offer consignments, parts, show quality restorations, financing, and they have two locations, one in Costa Mesa and the other in Newport Beach. Jeff's had businesses in the boating industry, he's raced cars, and he's very active in the Porsche 912 registry and, of course, the 356 Club. And the Porsche 356 Club is a sponsor of the Steve McQueen Car Show, benefiting the Boys Republic in Chino Hills, California. Jeff, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Always been a car guy from day one. My dad was always uh, driving around in some cool Porsche, Jaguar, what have you. And, and in fact, my mother learned to drive on a Jaguar XK120. Wow. At my first accident at five and a half months old in that car. Oh, my gosh. I went through an intersection and was T-boned. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I've got a long background in cars, fostered by my dad and then uh, picked up by me as I, as I got older and, and just really enjoy, uh, enjoy the car, car thing. And, and, and it's been fun to make uh, turn the passion into a way to make a living for my family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And European Collectibles, I've had the pleasure of visiting your facility. It's been some time now, but I often go on your website and just dream a little bit about the cars that you guys have for sale. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you guys do there at European Collectibles. Uh, We have sales, uh, both consignment and cars that we own. Uh, We have a full restoration facility which we specialize in building award-winning 356 Concours quality cars. 
We do 911s and 912s, and we've done a few Mercedes 300 SL Goings, some Aston Martins, but our primary focus is on Porsche 356 restoration. Yeah, one of my favorite cars, and oh, they've just become so expensive. I'm so frustrated. I've wanted one my whole life, and it seems like every time I get to that point, they just keep creeping up ahead. But you, the cars that you guys restore, I've seen them. I've seen them at car shows. Absolutely spectacular job what you guys are doing. So I'm so excited to have you on the show here. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning. Here on Cars, yeah. So Jeff, take the wheel. A couple of guys, one my dad, another guy named Bob Johnstone. My dad, Don Trask, got me into the boat business. And his recipe for success was actually getting people together, sailing together, eating together, staying in the same hotel, just doing it together, uh, going out and racing against each other all day and enjoying a party and hanging out afterwards. Bob Johnstone, when I got involved in selling J-boats back in 1981, Bob uh, introduced me to what he called the recipe for sales success. And it was paper that he wrote for uh, Yale. He was a graduate of Yale University and a, a business uh, marketing major there. And his recipe for sales success was exactly what my dad was doing uh, when I was a kid. And uh, so it really, it really reemphasized that. And that's what I do now. I relate that into the into the car business, and and I use that all through my. 25 years in the boat business, just getting people together, keeping them friendly, keeping it light, keeping the party going, and using their friendships to actually foster new sales. Well, and that's what car clubs are so great at doing. Of course, I'm a member of so many different car clubs, including the 356 Club. I've been getting the publication for years and looking at what uh, people are doing, and it's all about those relationships. That's what it always comes back to here on Cars Jazz. All of us love cars, but it really is about the people and how it brings us all together. So uh, I'm glad that's a big part of your success quote. Uh, your dad and Bob were a great influence for sure. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Maybe something a little more fun than getting T-boned in a Jag when you're <laughs> very young with your mom. Oh my gosh, I'm glad you're both okay. But tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy. My dad and I would go sailing a lot and, and travel, and we tra when we lived in the Bay Area, Northern California, uh, we'd travel to Southern California, and my dad and I would, on Sunday mornings, back in the day when uh, you could still pick up the Sunday LA Times, and there would be this fantastic classified ad section, old Porsches, Volkswagens, Mustangs, Ferraris. You name it, it was in there. And there were pages and pages of these cars. And we were always so impressed when we came to Los Angeles. And I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And I remember opening these things up with my dad. And not just, you know, forget the sports page. Forget the business page. Forget the front page. <laughs> it was always. And we would sit there and we would peruse these things at breakfast before we would go out sailing. Right. Uh, and talk about how much fun it would be to own this car or that car. So that, you know, that kind of got, that was one of the things that, when I was young, it got me going. You know, I used to do the same thing. And uh, yeah, that's kind of all gone now. Of course, we have the internet, but it's so massive and broad that you almost don't know where to go look first. Of course, Randy Nonnenberg, Bring a Trailer, who teases us every morning. 
uh, those of us who subscribe. He's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's one of those that uh, is in that inbox every morning, and you just look through the cards. Oh, yeah, I'd like to have that one, that one, that one. But, yeah, I remember those days in the newspaper. I think the Internet really kind of almost sucks the fun out of the uh, out of the chase. Well, sometimes, although, then again, you can go in and see the images, the pictures, the elaborate descriptions of the cars, so you learn a lot more, but, yeah, consumes a lot more time as well. So it's a delicate balance, but uh, I understand you used to do the same thing. Well, Jeff, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome that particular situation? What did it teach you? So take us to that place. Tell us the story. Get into it and then tell us how you worked your way through it. I had a, a very successful boat business. Uh was turned it from, from nothing, started it in 1985 in a move to Southern California started with nothing and uh, in three years turned it into the largest J-boat dealer in the world and wow. continued that success through about 2006. The economy at that time really started to, you could see that things were changing. You know, we were all wondering what was happening. Uh, things were beginning to fail. And um, I looked at it and I had plenty of money. And I looked at it, and I, I was wondering where we were going to go, and seeing fewer and fewer orders for boats, and seeing me spending more and more money to stay in the business rather than actually make money. In 2008, my wife and I, near Christmas time, were talking about just closing the business down uh, because it just it just wasn't working. I had no orders, no you know nothing really. Uh, and a guy I got in the business uh, one day said, you know, hey. I'm going to buy your business someday. And he had no idea I was thinking about shutting the business down after Christmas time. We didn't want to let the kids know. But it just was one of those things where we thought maybe it would be just better not to be in the business. It's cheaper. So this uh, guy called me up one day out of the blue and said, would you be interested in selling your business? And I kind of laughed at him and I said, Jeff, you're in the same business I am. You have the same problems I have. He says, I know, but... I want to. I want to look forward. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at today. I'm looking forward, and I want to buy your business. And he came up to my office the next day. Uh, in a matter of four or five hours, uh, we sat down, wrote a one-page contract for a significant amount of money. Uh, one payment that was to happen on the first Monday of January, which I think was January second, two thousand nine, and we signed it. We agreed that there'd be no lawyers involved and that the money was going to show up on that the 2nd of January. Mm-hmm. And it all went down. And Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, frankly, um, I'm a born-again Christian, and I truly believe in prayer. And my wife and I were in prayer about what the next, uh, next step of our lives were going to be because mm-hmm. uh, we were planning to close the business. And uh, in, you know, in comes... Uh, my old friend, and he buys the business, and you know, gives me some uh, some room to figure out how to reinvent Jeff Trask, which took about another year. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, wow. Well, you're the first 2009 success story on cars. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone else's, when I ask that question, has been a horror story, a scary story. I mean, talk about fortunate timing, yeah, everything. But yeah, definitely a scary time too, because a transition in your life. Yeah, and, and it, it gave me, I mean, we kind of looked at it and said, it, it's going to give us 
a couple of years. The money will give us a couple of years to figure out what the next thing to do is. And it took, uh, you know, six, eight months for that door to open for the current opportunity, which is European collectibles. Wow. What, a, what an incredible story. Very cool. Well, let's talk about something a little different here and shift gears. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. One of those times when I like to say the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for this new idea you have. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. When I was 21 years old, I was uh, drifting from junior college to, uh, I don't know, a couple of part-time jobs, more into my car and a gal, uh, some gals I, were da- I was dating at the time and maybe a few nef- more nefarious things uh, that I probably shouldn't have been involved in at the time. And uh, my, the aha moment came when my dad uh, uh, initiated a business pivot of his own from manufacturing to building boats. And he needed an employee, someone who could do something for him, uh, which he couldn't describe, but he needed basically an assistant. Uh-huh. And um, so he grabbed me by the scruff of my neck, told mm-hmm. me, you know, asked me very nicely, if I would uh, stop doing what I was doing and join him in business. Uh, I didn't think about it very long. I said, sure. It seemed like the right thing to do. It was the, it was the beginning of summer. And, you know, sailing was my life at that time. That and cars and, you know, girls and, as I say, some more. <laughs> Things you shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> use your imagination. Anyway, and uh, that moment was sort of the aha in my life that, I better I better figure out something. And about a month later, I couldn't quite figure, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be my dad's right-hand man. And I realized that we, we needed a boat dealer that could sell the boats in, ter- in the area where we were. Mm-hmm. And my father had a distribution license for these J-boats, which was for the western United States, but there was no dealer in, in uh, the Bay Area. So I said to him, how about, I, how about I be the local boat dealer and turn that into that business into, in a matter of a couple of years, into a very successful business, which then led, led to me moving to Southern California in 85 uh, and doing the same thing there and making it even bigger. Well, you're very fortunate to have the father you have, but of course you know that. <laughs> For those listeners out there that aren't boaters, could you describe what a J-boat is? It's the BMW of sailboats. Good looking, comfortable. You can take your wife uh, out cruising one weekend, and the next weekend you can beat up on the uh, other other sailors out on the race course with it because it was light and fast and, and fun to sail. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about a proudest career moment. Is there one that stands out for you that you'd like to share? I, I don't know. Really no answer there. Well, I'm going to take you down a, a little different path here because I know you and your wife do some pretty spectacular things in Uganda. Is that correct? Correct. And I've got to think that what you're doing there, how you're helping people has got to make you a little bit proud. I know sometimes that word pride isn't the best word for people to think about, but maybe you could share a little bit about what you and your wife are doing there. I think it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, we've been going to Uganda for about five years now. Um, my wife started in 2011. She went on a mission with our church and she really enjoyed it. And I was one of these people who said, if you want to go, that's great. Uh, I don't really want to go. But she convinced me the next year to go. 
and really, I really fell in love with the people over there and the relationships uh, that we fostered there now have turned into helping build a couple of schools. Uh, my wife actually spends the summers there now teaching women to knit and uh, be more self-sufficient. The women there are really, really hurting, and the men just don't know how to treat them well. Uh, there's a whole... They were in a war for about 20 years over there. Oh, lot, horrible. Yeah. You know, a lot of the generation that is yours and mine doesn't exist. The oldest people you deal with over there are in their 30s because there was mass killings going on of their parents. Well, they weren't raised well. So the men are abusive to the women, and there's lots of really horrible things going on over there. But there's a whole group of young that are that are coming up that are 17, 20, 25 years old, uh, and then of course young, very young children. That they're the they're the generation that, that are going to change that country, and those are the people that we're in touch with and working with, helping teach and. It's really been fun to go over there. I'm going back over there on June 19th. I'm going to lead a group from our church. I'm going to be over there for about three weeks. My wife's going to join me about halfway through, and then she'll spend the rest of the summer there. And we just, just love the people over there. Well, it's absolutely fantastic what you're doing. Kudos to you and your wife and the group that you go over there with to help people. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, glad I kind of pushed you in that conversation. Uh, definitely something you and your wife and the, the team you go over there with should be proud of. Uh, really, really great what you're doing for people and humanity around the world. Uh, it's a true testament, really, that everybody can touch somebody and help somebody's life in some little way. My son was involved with uh, World Bicycle Relief. I went to mm -hmm. Africa with some bicycles with money that he raised and gave them to villagers so they could get to school and get to work. And uh, he came home realizing that one person can make a difference in this world. It's not too much to do. So absolutely great. Did he ever tell you uh, what the, an iron donkey was? No, I have to ask him what an iron donkey is. I'm afraid to ask. I'll tell you. Okay. The iron donkey is a bicycle. Ah, okay. Or over in African countries, you'll see bicycles being pushed with four or five pieces of furniture somehow strapped to the, yep. to the you know, a platform built on top of a, on top of a bicycle. And, and in, in Africa, the bicycle is called the Iron Donkey. Okay. I should have known that. Well, yeah, World Bicycle Relief provides thousands of bicycles to people all over the world and Africa. Blake started a club in his school where they raised money to... Uh, take over there, build bicycles. They actually got to build the bicycles and then distribute them to the people and show just how much a bicycle means to a rural villager where their kids can actually get to school. They can bring their goods to market. Uh, they can make a living. So uh, Iron Donkey, I'm going to have to ask that. Ask Blake about that next time I talk to him. Fantastic. Now let's have a little bit of fun here and talk about your first really special car. And maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle. When I was... 14 years old, I, my dad, uh, well, I was actually suspended from school, and my mother said, Don, he is not spending the day at home with me. <laughs> at the time, my father was in the uh, school locker business, and he was selling lockers to new schools in California, and we lived in Oakland, California at the time, and we got in his 1969 911E, and we drove out to Fresno, and I held what he always referred to as the dumb end of the tape. And I helped him measure a new school out there for a locker bid that he was uh, involved in. Mm -hmm. On the way back, we spotted a Shelby GT350, 
Nice. Uh, that was sitting with a for sale sign up against it, and uh, we, you know, we pulled in, saw it, and it was a farmer, uh, and his son had died in the Vietnam War. Uh, but my dad and I were at that time we were, you know, very into cars. He, you know, he had his 911E, and and uh, you know, obviously the, you know, looking at things like the LA Times and the Oakland Tribune and the San Francisco Chronicle, always looking at at cars to buy. This car was there and, and my dad said you want to go 50 50 with me and i had been saving for a car because I figured on my 16th birthday I'd buy one and so we ended up making a deal with the guy and we bought that 350 uh, GT350 it was Shelby GT350 number 43 Wow uh, 1965 uh, one of the 562 made that year Ooh. and it had a rod knock so we took it back to uh, our our house and we pulled it apart, pulled the engine out, took the engine to an engine builder, had the engine rebuilt, and he and I uh, sanded and painted that car uh, and just kind of went through and restored it. It was actually quite an original car, but it did the paint wasn't really good, so we did the paint over, but we left the interior, uh, we did all the underside and and everything, and and of course we put the motor back in, and that was the car when I was 16 years old. I went down and. Took my driver's license and my mother's. Oh my gosh! My, yeah, my driver's license test and my mother's 145 Volvo station wagon with a manual transmission and came home and got in the Shelby GT350 and that's the car I drove in high school. Oh, you were a cool kid! Oh my gosh! <laughs> my dad was a cool dad. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think so to let you drive a car like that. Oh my gosh! How fantastic! You know, Very yeah. cool. I love it. I had. I had one of those cars, a clone. It wasn't the real deal, but it was a really nice replica. Drove it to work every day for a couple of years. And I love that car because I couldn't get gas without having a friend. I mean, people, <laughs> everyone would come over and want to talk. Uh, every gas experience was a 20, 30-minute experience. Took it to car events and shows. What fun. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, how about a car that you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Is it that seller's remorse, teary-eyed story you can share? actually the next car my uh a friend of mine john green needed money to pay for uh, to go to santa cruz uh uc santa cruz and he had a ivy green 65 mustang convertible with a 289 high performance motor they called them k cars yeah it was really beautiful and he came to me one day and i you know i had the shelby and he said look i I, I know you love this car, and I'd love you to buy it. I need 2200 bucks. And I said, okay, let me do it. And I called my dad at work, and he said, you know, I said, look, I, I need 2200 bucks. He says, well, you know, you could sell me your half of the Shelby. Ooh. And I said, sure, I'll sell you my half of the Shelby. So we worked worked it out, and I don't know, I think I sold my half for like $3,300 or something to my dad. Yeah. I forget the number, and I ended up with that that ivy green Mustang, and that Mustang was a wonderful car. I loved that car, even more than the Shelby. And you know, time I, I saw a couple of years later, I saw a BMW 2002 TII that I wanted, and I thought, well, I'm going to sell the Mustang and get the, the uh, get the 2002. I all have always regretted selling that yeah that ivy green Mustang. Yeah, well, we all have those in our lives, so. Uh... Sounds like a great, great car. Well, let's talk about current projects. What are you working on now? What's happening at European Collectibles that really has you excited and fired up? We're in the midst of doing a couple of really neat cars. We've got uh, just just about finished 
1959 Carrera Cabriolet. Uh, super rare car. They only in '58 and '59, I believe they built 17 of them. Yeah. This one came out of the factory black with a red interior, and it's a numbers matched car. And we're and we're getting it. We're prepping it for the Dana Point Concord coming up on July 24th. Nice. And then we've also got another Carrera 2 Cabriolet that we're doing for a customer. Uh, it's a silver car with a red interior from the factory, and that it's one of I think 36 of the. 64 versions of the car the last version with the with the full disc brakes and and those both these cars are just spectacular oh i can't wait i can't wait yeah i want to try to make it down to that event i've been once it's just a spectacular event those sounds like some very very special cars ah wonderful well here's a very introspective question jeff if you were a car what kind of car would jeff be and why jeff would be a 912, a Porsche 912. <laughs> you know, I kind of thought you'd say that. I know you're a big fan of the 912, so what is it about the 912 that uh, touches your heart? It's light. It's nimble. Nobody liked them a long time ago. It's just a fun car to drive. It's it's underpowered by most people's standards, uh-huh. but, of course, the nut behind the wheel can change that, and uh, <laughs> yes. the car is incredibly balanced. You know, you can get in a 911, uh, and you certainly feel the weight uh, in the behind the rear wheels. You feel the weight in a 912, but the way it changes directions and and how it does it is it just feels so much on, more on its toes and and just sort of ready for the next whatever the next input is. So I I really enjoy that part. Yeah, they're beautiful. Plus, you get all the advantages of the beautiful 911 body. And I've always thought, you know, find an awesome 912, save the numbers matching motor. Maybe have John Wilhoyt build one of those special motors that he does so well and throw in the back that it's got some extra power in it, and uh, but still is light, you know? Yep. Love the, I'd love one of his motors. Yeah, yeah. I just watched a uh, video this weekend on his Facebook page of a car that uh, they were driving around that had one of his motors in it. So, yep, yep. I'd love to have John on the show. If you're listening, John, you're next. <laughs> I have breakfast with him every Friday morning. I'll ask. <laughs> next time you have breakfast with him, you say, Mark Green is just chomping at the bit to have you on the show. And I guarantee you he's going to go, I know, I know. I need to do that. <laughs> so I'll get him one of these days. Well, Jeff. Up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. 
If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Jeff, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Get to know your car. (laughs) Yes, very important. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Follow up with a personal touch. Ah, Yes, very important, especially when you're selling cars to people and especially when you're selling uh, enthusiast cars to people. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would really enjoy? Uh, Of course, the European Collectibles website. Of course, of course. And I'll tell our listeners, if you haven't seen it, check it out because there's a lot of awesome eye candy there. Oh, my gosh. You guys have some cool stuff. Would you share a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? The Bible. There you go. Been recommended by uh, many guests here on Cars, yeah. Well, listeners, you'll find links to all these great resources at CarsYeah.com on Jeff's very own show notes page. Just put Jeff Trask, T-R-A-S-K, in the search bar, and that page will pop right up with links to European collectibles, resources. There's also a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where Jeff's book, The Bible, is listed for a quick, easy link to buy, along with all the other 534 past guests here on Cars Yeah. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Jeff, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collectible car in your garage, I'm sorry, just one, but money is no object. I will buy you any car from European collectibles or any car in the world today, but today only. What would that vehicle be and why? It would be that 1965 Ivy Green K-Code Mustang Convertible. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm going to have to start searching for that car. Do you know where that car lives? (laughs) <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it was burned in a fire. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore, but I'll tell you what, I peruse eBay and all the resources out there for old well, cars. Well, listeners, and one if day you guys come across them. one, you know how to find Jeff at European Collectibles. Call him if you find that Ivy Green K-Code Mustang convertible. Uh let him know where it exists or better yet call me so I can buy it for him and ship it to him. That'd be even more special. Nice surprise for you, Jeff. You have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that top-down 65 Ivy Green K-Code Mustang? Sounds nice, doesn't it? It it sounds good. I think everybody should do that. Uh, (laughs) Just, I don't know, if you're looking for collector cars, make sure you do your research Make sure you trust who you're dealing with and know what you're getting into because it can be a lot of fun and it can be a big headache. 
Do your research, do your homework, always a good idea. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and European collectibles? Uh, you can go to our website, you can send me an email from that website, and I'd be happy to fill you in on, on uh, collector car ownership. Porsches certainly are our specialty. Again, listeners, you can find links to everything Jeff's been so kind to share at carsyad.com and your show notes page. Just type Jeff in that search bar. That page will pop up with links to European collectibles, uh, ways to get a hold of Jeff. I encourage you to check out the website. Call Jeff. He loves to talk cars. I'm sure he'll spend some time with you as he is with us today. Jeff, thanks again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yacht listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. See you later. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.